This is a recording of Their Anger Did Increase Against Me, Nephi's Autobiographical Permutation of a Biblical Wordplay on the Name Joseph, by Matthew L. Bowen. Originally published in Interpreter, a Journal of Mormon Scripture, Volume 23, 2016, pages 1 through 22. Read by Parker Jackson. This audio recording is copyrighted under a Creative Commons license and may be freely distributed if it remains unchanged. The journal and its website are credited and is for non-commercial use. A printed version of this and many other articles and resources on Mormon scripture can be found at mormoninterpreter.com. Their anger did increase against me. Nephi's autobiographical permutation of a biblical wordplay on the name Joseph by Matthew L. Bowen. Abstract. Nephi's record on the small plates includes seven distinct scenes in which Nephi depicts the anger of his brethren against him. Each of these scenes includes language that recalls Genesis 37, verses 5 through 10 and 20, the scene in which Joseph's brothers hate him yet the more for his dreams and for his words because they fear that he intends to reign and to have dominion or rule over them. Later they plot to kill him. Two of these anger scenes culminate in Nephi's brothers bowing down before him in the same way that Joseph's brothers bowed down in obeisance before him. Nephi permutes the expression, Wayosipu Ode, in terms of his brothers continuing and increasing anger, which eventually ripens into a hatred that permanently divides the family. Nephi uses language that represents other yasap or yosip plus verbal complement constructions in these anger scenes, usage that recalls the name Joseph in such a way as to link Nephi with his ancestor. The most surprising iteration of Nephi's permuted Joseph wordplay occurs in his own psalm in 2 Nephi 4, verses 16 through 35. In two previous studies, I have demonstrated that Nephi uses wordplay on the biblical name Joseph in his use of Isaiah's words in 2 Nephi 5, verses 17 and 21, 2 Nephi 29, verse 1, as well as 1 Nephi 22, 8 through 12, a wordplay apparently adapted by Mormon in 3 Nephi chapter 5, verse 23. Nephi's wordplay on the name Joseph occurs in prophecies pertaining to the future gathering of Israel and a future Joseph that would fulfill divine promises made to the patriarch Joseph. It appears, however, that Nephi also adapted wordplay on the name Joseph to accomplish additional literary and rhetorical purposes. In this article, I will endeavor to show that Nephi adapts the subtle automastic wordplay on the name Joseph from Genesis 37 verses 5 through 8 to highlight similarities in his biography to those of his ancestor Joseph, whose name constitutes a causative, jussive form of the Semitic or Hebrew verb yasap, meaning to add or increase, and Joseph, meaning may he, God, add, or may he increase, or may he continue, etc. Moreover, it emerges that this Joseph wordplay revolves around the manifestation of Nephi's brother's anger against him as described in seven distinct scenes. 1 Nephi 3, verses, or verse 28 through chapter 4, verse 4. 1 Nephi 7, verses 6 through 21. 1 Nephi 16, verses 18 through 32. 1 Nephi 16:34 through chapter 17 verse 4, 1 Nephi 17 verse 17 through chapter 18 verse 1, 1 Nephi 18, 4 through 22, and 2 Nephi 4 verse 12 through 2 Nephi 5:28. Nephi's adaptation and permutation of the biographical wordplay on the name Joseph tells us much about how Nephi viewed his relationship with his brothers and his being a ruler and a teacher over them. They hated him the more. Calibrating Nephi's Joseph Wordplay It is not difficult to see parallels between Nephi's autobiography and the biography of Joseph, his ancestor. Both Joseph and Nephi enjoyed special relationships with their father that gave rise to extreme fraternal resentment. Nephi himself could scarcely have avoided noticing these parallels, having read the detailed account of Joseph's life on the plates of brass. 
Accordingly, when writing his autobiography, Nephi fashions his description of Laman and Lemuel's jealousy, which later becomes anger and hatred, to resemble and recall the biblical description of Joseph's older brother's hatred toward him. This is evident in a cursory comparison of Genesis chapter 37 verses 3 through 8 and 20 with 2 Nephi chapter 5 verses 1 through 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age, and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all his brethren, they hated him, and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told it his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. And he said unto them, Here I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. For behold, we were binding sheaves in the field, and lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright, and behold, your sheaves stood round about and made obeisance to my sheaf. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. Genesis 37, 5 through 8. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him, and cast him into some pit, and we will say, Some evil beast hath devoured him, and we shall see what will become of his dreams. Genesis 37.20 Behold, it came to pass that I, Nephi, did cry much unto the Lord my God, because of the anger of my brethren. But behold, their anger did increase against me, insomuch that they did seek to take away my life. Yea, they did murmur against me, saying, Our younger brother thinks to rule over us, and we have had much trial because of him. Wherefore, now let us slay him, that we may not be afflicted more because of his words. For behold, we will not that he shall be our ruler, for it belongs to us who are the elder brethren to rule over this people. Now I do not write upon these plates all the words which they murmured against me, but it sufficeth me to say that they did seek to take away my life. Second Nephi 5, 1-3 Nephi emphasizes the similarities between his biography and his ancestor Joseph's biography, an account written in the aftermath of his father's passing in the division of the Lehite-Ishmaelite clan. Nephi's use of the phrase, Their anger did increase against me, evokes the language of Genesis 37, 3-8, They hated him yet the more, including evidently the use of wordplay on the name Joseph, Yosipu. The most basic meaning of the verb yasap in Hebrew is to add or increase, and it is in terms of this verb that the text explains the giving of Joseph's name, Joseph, in Genesis 30, verse 24. The Lord shall add to me another son, or may the Lord increase to me another son. Moshe Garciel notes the narrative emphasis on Joseph's brother's hatred using auxiliary Yosip in Genesis 37 verses 5 and 8. Quote, the attitude of his brothers towards Joseph is twice defined in these terms. End quote. Nephi will similarly and repeatedly define his brother's attitude towards him, his father, and the Lord by using the similar Joseph terminology. Moreover, Garciel continues, quote, It should be noted that this hatred takes its rise from Jacob's preferential love for Joseph. End quote. Joseph's and Nephi's brothers added to hate them not only out of jealousy for their relationships with their fathers, but their anger and resentment towards them increased because of the spiritual gifts that they themselves did not possess or had failed to cultivate. Scene number one. They were yet wroth, and did still continue to murmur. Nephi's use of Genesis 37 begins early in his small plates record, the first anger scene occurring in 1 Nephi 3, verse 28, through 1 Nephi 4, 4. Nephi establishes the basis for his brother's resentment, even as he describes the point at which the trajectory of his life diverges from that of his brother's. Genesis 37 records that Joseph reported the dream or revelation that his brothers and parents would bow down to him. This is interpreted by his brothers as a claim of kingship and rule over them by their younger brother. And his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? 
Nephi similarly records a revelation that contained a divine promise that he, the younger brother, would rule over his older brothers. Thou shalt be made a ruler and a teacher over thy brethren. 1 Nephi 2.22 Not coincidentally, the very next episode he reports is the very one in which Nephi demonstrates his faithfulness and leadership vis-a-vis Laman and Lemuel. It is also no coincidence that his brother's anger began to surface in the episode after Nephi began to exert his leadership, which he begins to do in 1 Nephi 3, verses 15 through 23. When Nephi's solution to obtaining the brass plates fails, Nephi's brother's jealous anger flares up against him for the first time. It came to pass that Laman was angry with me and also with my father. 1 Nephi 3, 28. Laman and Lemuel later physically assault and abuse their brothers, Sam and Nephi. The beating ceases only after a divine messenger intervenes. Notably, it is at this very moment that the angel turns the tables on Laman and Lemuel, who have been using a rod or stick to assert their authority as older brothers over their younger brothers as inferiors. The angel reveals to Nephi's brothers the divine promise of rule that Nephi had received earlier, as recorded in 1 Nephi 2.22. And it came to pass, as they smote us with a rod, behold, an angel of the Lord came and stood before them, and he spake unto them, saying, Why do ye smite your younger brother with a rod? Know ye not that the Lord hath chosen him to be a ruler over you, and this because of your iniquities? Behold, thou shalt go up to Jerusalem again, and the Lord will deliver Laban into your hands. And after the angel had spake unto us, he departed. 1 Nephi 3, verses 29 and 30. The angel's words, of course, echo Joseph's brother's words in Genesis 37, 8. Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? The implicit answer to Joseph's brother's questions in terms of Nephi's relationship to Laman and Lemuel is yes. The lexical affinities between this scene and Genesis 37 are strengthened by the angel's statement, Thou shalt go up again. If spoken in Hebrew, which was presumably the case, the angel's words probably used the Yasap idiom to do something again. The brothers already had gone up again unto the house of Laban at Nephi's instigation. The literary or rhetorical effect of this language in both instances is to recall the name Joseph, which, as noted above, derives from Yasop, and thus to associate Nephi with Joseph and Nephi's brothers with Joseph's brothers. The same observations can be applied to what follows in 1 Nephi 3.31, after the angel had departed. Laman and Lemuel again began to murmur, saying, How is it possible that the Lord will deliver Laban into our hands? Behold, he is a mighty man, and he can command fifty, yea, even he can slay fifty. Then why not us? The celestial glow of the angel had hardly dimmed, so to speak, when Laman and Lemuel add or increase their angry murmuring. The Yasap Yosip plus verbal component idiom is reflected in the phrase, again began to murmur, and it constitutes an echo of Genesis 37 verses 5 and 8. They hated him yet the more. Unfortunately, the chapter division between 1 Nephi 3.31 and 1 Nephi 4.1 tends to obscure or obfuscate the pattern of iterative Yasop action that Nephi emphasizes. In response to his brother's added or increased murmuring, Nephi then exhorts his brothers, reiterating the angel's previous commandment. I spake unto my brethren, saying, Let us go up again unto Jerusalem. Nephi resumes his leadership, or his ruling, and his language recalls the name Joseph, whose revelations regarding his fraternal and family leadership the Lord eventually vindicated. Nephi understands that the Lord will vindicate the promises the Lord made to him regarding his own fraternal and family leadership role. At this point, Nephi makes an even clearer allusion to Genesis 37 and the anger or hatred of Joseph's brothers. Now when I had spoken these words, they were yet wroth and did still continue to murmur. 1 Nephi 4.4 Nephi's statement not so subtly echoes the statement in Genesis 
37, verse 5, and verse 8. And they hated him yet the more, and his brethren said to him, Shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. It should be noted here that one of the idiomatic senses of Yasop is to continue to do something or to carry on doing. Nephi appears to split the Yasop Yosip plus Od idiom from Genesis 37 verses 5 and 8 in connecting his brother's increased and increasing anger against him to that of Joseph's brothers. Thus, in 1 Nephi chapters 2 through 4, we see the beginning of Nephi's efforts throughout his personal record to adapt and permute the language of Genesis 37 in order to identify himself and his struggles with Joseph and his struggles, and to identify Laman and Lemuel with Joseph's brothers. Nephi will return to the same language, including wordplay on the name Joseph, to further emphasize these connections. Nephi will not only demonstrate the reiteration of Laman and Lemuel's anger that is progressing to hatred, but make additional allusions to Joseph's story, which show that Joseph's revelations regarding his relationship with his brothers were fulfilled again or actualized in Nephi's relationship with his inimical brothers Laman and Lemuel. Scene number two. They were angry with me again. The second anger scene occurs in 1 Nephi 7, verses 6-21, through 21, on the return journey from Jerusalem to the Valley of Lemuel. Laman and Lemuel notably appeared to have offered little resistance in the way of their trademark murmuring and complaining when Lehi commanded them to return to Jerusalem the second time on a mission to persuade Ishmael's family to join them in the wilderness, a mission that, if successful, would result in their having suitable marriage partners. Their sales pitch is successful, and Ishmael's family joins Lehi's family in the wilderness. At this point, fraternal resentment against Nephi resurfaces in a scene that evokes Joseph's brother's treatment of him in Genesis 37. And it came to pass that when I, Nephi, had spoken these words unto my brethren, they were angry with me. And it came to pass that they did lay their hands upon me, for behold, they were exceedingly wroth, and they did bind me with cords, for they sought to take away my life that they might leave me in the wilderness to be devoured by wild beasts. But it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord, saying, O Lord, according to my faith which is in me, wilt thou deliver me from the hands of my brethren? Yea, even give me strength that I may burst these bands with which I am bound. And it came to pass that when I had said these words, behold, the bands were loosed from off my hands and feet, and I stood before my brethren, and I spake unto them again, and it came to pass that they were angry with me again, and sought to lay hands upon me. But behold, one of the daughters of Ishmael, yea, and also her mother and one of the sons of Ishmael, did plead with my brethren, insomuch that they did soften their hearts, and they did cease striving to take away my life. And it came to pass that they were sorrowful because of their wickedness, insomuch that they did bow down before me, and did plead with me that I would forgive them of the thing that they had done against me. 1 Nephi chapter 7, verses 16 through 20. Here again, Nephi includes several words and phrases that recall Genesis 37, verses 5 through 10 and verse 20. Alluding to Joseph's brother's hate, Nephi refers to his brother's anger three times. They were angry with me, they were exceedingly wroth, and they were angry with me again. Nephi intends the latter phrase to recall the twofold statement, they hated him yet the more, with its wordplay on Joseph's name. It will be remembered that the same verb used, yasop, is the same Hebrew word frequently used to express iterative action, or to do something again. Thus, when Nephi says his brothers were angry with me again, in verse 19, he intends his audience to recall how Joseph's brothers hated him yet the more. Similar narrative verbal art is evident in Nephi's statement, and I spake unto them again. The Lord spake also unto me again, why Yosep owed. 
Ordinarily, this kind of statement would not draw much attention. However, in the context of Nephi's attempt to draw connections between Joseph's biography and his own, the apparent use of the Yasop idiom reminds us that Nephi is not just speaking to his brothers as Joseph did and gendering a very similar response, attempted fratricide. Another important narrative detail that Nephi must have included because it recalled Joseph's biography is his brothers bowing down before him. This, of course, was the very essence of Joseph's dreams and revelations, that he would have dominion or rule over his brothers. And Joseph was the governor over the land, and he it was that sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brethren came and bowed down themselves before him with their faces to the earth. Genesis 42, 6. And when Joseph came home, they brought him the present which was in their hand into the house, and bowed themselves to him to the earth. And he asked them of their welfare, and said, Is your father well? Is he yet alive? And they answered, Thy servant our father is in good health. He is yet alive. And they bowed down their heads and made obeisance. Genesis 43, verses 26-28 The two scenes in Genesis 42-6 and 43-26-28, in which Joseph's brothers bow down, are matched by the two scenes in 1 Nephi 7 and 17, in which Nephi's brothers bow down to or attempt to bow down and worship him. Just as Joseph's dream was fulfilled, Nephi wants us to see that the Lord's promise that he would be a ruler and a teacher was already well on its way to being fulfilled. The pericope concludes with another idiomatic yasap yosip plus verbal compliment statement. And after they had done praying unto the Lord, we did again travel on our journey towards the tent of our father. 1 Nephi 7.21 Nephi's Joseph leadership and Joseph-like faith, is responsible for the progress of the family in their journey. Scene number three. They had hardened their hearts again. The third anger scene occurs in 1 Nephi 16, 18-32, during the journey south-southeast through Arabia from the Valley of Lemuel, which brought new perils to the family. Despite Lehi's finding of the Liahona, which led the family in the more fertile parts of the wilderness, um, see 1 Nephi 16.16, broken and disabled bows eventually brought a hunger crisis upon the family. Nephi here reports the resurfacing of his brother's anger. And it came to pass that as I, Nephi, went forth to slay food, behold, I did break my bow, which was made of fine steel. And after I did break my bow, behold, my brethren were angry with me because of the loss of my bow, for we did obtain no food. 1 Nephi 16.18 Nephi then adds, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did speak much unto my brethren, because they had hardened their hearts again, even unto complaining against the Lord their God. 1 Nephi 16.22 Nephi's brother's anger had become hardness of heart. In stating that they had hardened their hearts again, Nephi uses an expression that represents or is the Yasop plus verbal complement construction, thus again subtly recalling the name Joseph and Joseph's brother's increasing hate, their hating him yet the more. Uncharacteristically, Nephi's words humbled his brothers for the moment. Nephi's faithfulness, ingenuity, and spiritual gifts enabled him to replace his lost bow and follow the directions on the Liahona to obtain food. Like Joseph's actions during his captivity and sojourn in Egypt, Nephi's efforts enable his family to survive and continue in their journey. And it came to pass that we did again take our journey, and after we had traveled for the space of many days, we did pitch our tents again, that we may, might tarry for the space of a time. Chapter 16, verse 33. The verbal constructions here, too, probably represent the Yasop Yosip plus verbal complement construction at some level, yet again recalling, if only subtly, the name Joseph. Scene number four. The Lord did bless us again. The fourth anger scene occurs at the place which was called Naom, as recorded in 1 Nephi 16, 34, through chapter 17, verse 4. 
Unfortunately, here the anger and resentment of Nephi's brothers surface and grow to the point that they plot both fratricide and patricide. And thus they did murmur against my father and also against me, and they were desirous to return again to Jerusalem. And Laman said unto Lemuel, and also unto the sons of Ishmael, Behold, let us slay our father, and also our brother Nephi, who has taken it upon him to be our ruler and our teacher, who are his elder brethren. Now he says that the Lord has talked with him, and also that angels have ministered unto him. But we, behold, we know that he lies unto us, and he tells us these things, and he worketh many things by his cunning arts, that he may deceive our eyes, thinking perhaps that he may lead us away into some strange wilderness. And after he has led us away, he has thought to make himself a king and a ruler over us, that he may do with us according to his will and pleasure. And after this manner did my brother Laman stir up their hearts to anger. And it came to pass that the Lord was with us. Yea, even the voice of the Lord came and did speak many words unto them, and did chasten them exceedingly. And after they were chastened by the voice of the Lord, they did turn away their anger, and did repent of their sins, insomuch that the Lord did bless us again with food that we did not perish. And it came to pass that we did again take our journey in the wilderness, and we did travel nearly eastward from that time forth. First Nephi 16:36 through chapter 17, verse 1. Laman's cohortative language, Behold, let us slay our father and also our brother Nephi, is reported in a manner that echoes Joseph's brother's proposed fratricide. Come now, therefore, and let us slay him. From Genesis 37, verse 20. Laman accuses Nephi of unrighteous dominion. He has taken upon him to be our ruler and our teacher, who are his elder brethren. And he has thought to make himself a king and a ruler over us, replicating Joseph's brother's charge, shalt thou indeed reign over us, or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us? Ironically, Laman uses his anger to stir up Lemuel and others to anger in order to get his own way, a true attempt at unrighteous dominion. Resentment at Nephi's relationship with their father has, by this point, become not only a potential basis for fratricide, but patricide. This marks a terrible progression in Laman's anger. Jealousy of Nephi's spiritual gifts, the Lord has talked with him, angels have ministered unto him, cunning arts, has clearly redoubled that anger. The situation becomes so serious this time that the Lord intervenes directly in Chapter 16, verse 39. Only words of divine chastisement avert disaster for the entire clan. Finally, only in consequence of the chastisement, they did turn away their anger. All of this yet again reminds us of Genesis 35, verses 5 and 8, and the repeated statement, and they hated him yet the more, or Wayosipu owed. Nephi's statement that the brothers were desirous to return again may or may not represent another instance of the Yusop Yosip plus verbal complement construction. However, his concluding statements in the pericope, the Lord did bless us again with food and we did again take our journey, very likely represent the Yusop Yosip plus verbal complement construction, thus recalling the name Joseph and recalling the Lord's preservation of life of Jacob's entire family through Joseph, specifically in giving the family food. Nephi, like his ancestor Joseph, serves as the Lord's instrument in the temporal salvation of the entire family, in spite of their being the objects of their brother's anger and hatred, and even perhaps because they are objects of such contempt. Scene number five. Stretch forth thine hand again. The fifth recorded manifestation of Laman and Lemuel's anger at Nephi occurs in the land Bountiful, after the Lord commands Nephi to build a ship, and his brothers mock him and his endeavor, while refusing to help Nephi. Nephi then gives them a prolonged exhortation replete with lessons from ancient Israelite history, and from the family's own more recent history. Just as Joseph's words gendered hatred in his brothers, Nephi's words yet again have the effect of angering his brothers. And now it came to pass that when I had spoken these words, they were angry with me, and were desirous to throw me into the depths of the sea. 
when Nephi's brothers came forth to lay their hands upon him, Nephi drew upon divine power, even unto the consuming of his flesh, and commanded his brothers to cease and desist, lest they wither even as a dried reed, and God smite them. In 1 Nephi 17.48 Nephi further admonished them in words that echo the name Joseph. And it came to pass that I, Nephi, said unto them, that they should murmur no more against their father, neither should they withhold their labor from me, for God had commanded me that I should build a ship. Nephi's express wish that they should murmur no more, in verse 49, constitutes yet another permutation of the phrase, they hated him yet the more, in Genesis 37, verses 5 and 8. Nephi wanted and needed his brothers to cease acting as Joseph's brothers had acted towards Joseph, which they did for a little while. Nephi informs us that his brothers were confounded and could not contend against me, neither durst they lay their hands upon me nor touch me with their fingers, even for the space of many days. Now they durst not do this, lest they should wither before me. 1 Nephi 17.52 It is probably significant that the Lord at this point commands Nephi to demonstrate the divine power within him in words that also echo the name Joseph. The response that this divine power effects further echoes uh, Joseph's biography. And it came to pass that the Lord said unto me, Stretch forth thine hand again unto thy brethren, and they shall not wither before thee, but I will shock or shake them, saith the Lord, and this will I do, that they may know that I am the Lord their God. And it came to pass that I stretched forth my hand unto my brethren, and they did not wither before me, but the Lord did shake them, even according to the word which he had spoken. And now they said, We know of a surety that the Lord is with thee, for we know that it is the power of the Lord that has shaken us. And they fell down before me, and were about to worship me, but I would not suffer them, saying, I am thy brother, yea, even thy younger brother. Wherefore worship the Lord thy God, and honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long in the land which the Lord thy God shall give thee. First Nephi 17, verses 53-55 through 55. The command, Stretch forth thine hand again, if a representation or manifestation of the Yesop plus verbal complement construction, as seems likely, echoes the name Joseph, and the idea that the Lord was with Joseph, as in Genesis 39, verses 2 and 21. See especially Nephi's brother's statement, We know that the Lord is with thee. This command also echoes a commandment given twice to Moses in Exodus 8.5 and Exodus 9.22, when Moses is given divine power to accomplish the plagues in Egypt. The Lord was with Nephi, just as he was with Moses. Moreover, for a second time, Laman and Lemuel fall down before Nephi and are about to worship him, or observe Hishtahava or proskinesis. This scene not only recalls the incident in the wilderness in 1 Nephi 7, but also recalls Genesis 37 and Joseph's prophecy that his brothers would bow down or do obeisance or worship before him, and its fulfillment in Genesis 42.6 and 43 verses 26-28. Nephi's brothers likewise have bowed down to him twice. Nephi had become ruler over his brothers, just as Joseph had become ruler over his. Nephi's description of the completed ship that would carry the family to the New World contains an echo of both his name and the name Joseph. And it came to pass that after I had finished the ship, according to the word of the Lord, my brethren beheld that it was good, and that the workmanship thereof was exceedingly fine. Wherefore they did humble themselves again before the Lord. 1 Nephi 18.4 Nephi here makes a possible wordplay on his own name, Nephi, coming from the Egyptian word nefer, meaning good, the ship being good because of its divinely directed builder. Moreover, Nephi brings together the image of the brothers bowing down, here alluded to less uh, concretely in the phrase, they did humble themselves, together with the yasop yosip plus verb complement construction of iterative action, um, to do something again, recalling the name Joseph. The point here, too, is that Nephi had become their ruler and their teacher. The completed ship was such stark proof of that fact, and at this point not even Nephi's brothers could deny it. 
Scene number six. We sailed again towards the promised land. The sixth recorded anger scene in 1 Nephi 18, 4 through 22, occurs on the ship built under Nephi's inspired leadership as the Lehite Ishmaelite clan travel to the promised land over the great deep. Predictably, Nephi's brothers, being humble before the Lord, has a short shelf life. On the journey across the great waters, Nephi's brother's anger resurfaces in its most brutal manifestation thus far. The brother's pretext again is alleged unrighteous dominion, Nephi's being a ruler over them. And after we had been driven forth before the wind for the space of many days, behold, my brethren and the sons of Ishmael, and also their wives, began to make themselves merry, insomuch that they began to dance and to sing and to speak with much rudeness, yea, even that they did forget by what power they had been brought thither, Yea, they were lifted up unto exceeding rudeness. And I, Nephi, began to fear exceedingly, lest the Lord should be angry with us, and smite us because of our iniquity, that we should be swallowed up in the depths of the sea. Wherefore, I, Nephi, began to speak to them with much soberness. But behold, they were angry with me, saying, We will not that our younger brother shall be a ruler over us. And it came to pass that Laman and Lemuel did take me and bind me with cords, and they did treat me with much harshness. Nevertheless, the Lord did suffer it, that he might show forth his power unto the fulfilling of his word, which he had spoken concerning the wicked. 1 Nephi 18, 9-11 The brothers' declamation, We will not that our younger brother shall be a ruler over us, again recalling Joseph's brother's words in Genesis 37, Shalt thou indeed reign over us? or shalt thou indeed have dominion over us, is highly ironic, given everything that has transpired during the Lehite-Ishmaelite clan's journey through the wilderness, and the preservation of life that Nephi's leadership has accomplished. It is perhaps even more ironic that they reacted against Nephi's leadership as ruler by exercising unrighteous dominion or rule of the worst kind over the rest of the family. That Nephi still had the Lord's approval is evident in the violence of the storm that arose when Lamb and Lemuel, et al., confined him and abused him, in First uh, Nephi 18, verses 10 through 20, and the great calm that prevailed when they released him, in verse 21. Nephi offers another echo of the name Joseph when he reports, And it came to pass that I, Nephi, did guide the ship that we sailed again towards the promised land. Uh, in 1 Nephi 18, verse 22. As it was with Joseph, so it was with Nephi. The Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Uh, Genesis 39, 3. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. Genesis 39, 23. Scene number 7. Do not anger again because of mine enemies. The seventh final, and most complex anger scene occurs in 2 Nephi chapters 4 and 5, although it is anticipated already in Lehi's speech in 2 Nephi 1. Given that the number 7 in Hebrew denotes completion, fullness, perfection, and the like, I suggest that this represents a deliberate authorial and narratological decision on Nephi's part. The fruit of Laman and Lemuel's increasing anger finally ripened. Lehi's paranetic speech to his sons in the New World, as reported by Nephi, commanded them, Rebel no more against your brother, whose views have been glorious, and who hath kept the commandments from the time that we left Jerusalem, and who hath been an instrument in the hands of God in bringing us forth into the land of promise. For were it not for him, we must have perished with hunger in the wilderness. Nevertheless, ye sought to take away his life. 2 Nephi 1, verse 24. Nephi, like Joseph, had been the Lord's instrument in preserving life of his entire Beth-Ab, or father's house. Lehi's use of a negative imperative, plus no more, probably represents all tosipu in spoken Hebrew, constituting in the context of all the foregoing yet another allusion to and wordplay on the name Joseph. Lehi then addresses Nephi's suffering and addresses the brother's accusation of unrighteous dominion. Yea, and he hath suffered much sorrow because of you, and I exceedingly fear and tremble because of you, lest he shall suffer again. For behold, ye have accused him, that he sought power and authority over you. 
But I know that he hath not sought for power nor authority over you, but he hath sought the glory of God and your own eternal welfare. 2 Nephi 1, 24 and 25 Lehi's statement, I exceedingly feared, lest Nephi suffer again, is to be understood in connection with his earlier command, Rebel no more against thy brother. The former, like the latter, appears to represent the Yasop yosip plus verbal complement construction. If so, Lehi and Nephi are making a very pointed connection between Nephi and his ancestor Joseph, and clearly evoking the latter's name. Nephi's specific, repeated mention of the anger of his brethren before 2 Nephi 5, rather than hatred, which he finally mentioned in 2 Nephi 5, although that they hated Nephi was unquestionably true, may point to Jacob's mention of Simeon and Levi's disqualifying themselves from possible birthright blessings because of their anger. See Genesis 49, 6 and 7, referring to the story told in Genesis 35, 25 through 29, just as Reuben and Judah would also disqualify themselves on moral grounds. A major point of Nephi's record is to show how Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael had disinherited themselves and their posterity for a time from specific spiritual blessings, see Second Nephi 1, and from the right to rule. Nephi states that as soon as Lehi was dead, their anger resurfaced. And it came to pass that not many days after his death, Laman and Lemuel and the sons of Ishmael were angry with me because of the admonitions of the Lord. 2 Nephi 4.13 We anticipate a scene that will unfold like the previous six. We recall that Lehi defends Nephi against the apparent counterchange of his brothers, that Nephi had been angry and used anger as a means of compulsion another reiteration of the accusation that he was guilty of unrighteous dominion. And ye have murmured because he hath been plain unto you. Ye say that he hath used sharpness. Ye say that he hath been angry with you. But behold, his sharpness was the sharpness of the power of the word of God, which was in him, and that which ye call anger was the truth, according to that which is in God, which he could not constrain, manifesting boldly concerning your iniquities. Second Nephi 1 verse 26. But we learn in Nephi's psalm, in 2 Nephi chapter 4, verses 16 through 35, that Nephi had been angry, and that he had been grappling with anger, and Nephi is quite upset about it. Nephi lamented the anger he had felt, and still felt at the time of the writing of his psalm, anger that arose in response to the repeated anger directed at him by his brothers, and the repeated physical, mental, and emotional abuse heaped upon him by the very older brothers who should have loved and nurtured him. And why should I yield to sin because of my flesh? Yea, why should I give way to temptations that the evil one hath place in my heart to destroy my peace and afflict my soul? Why am I angry because of mine enemy, or the one who hates me? Awake, my soul, no longer droop in sin. Rejoice, O my heart, and give place no more for the enemy of my soul, or the one who hates my soul. Do not anger again, or do not add to be angry, because of mine enemies, or those who hate me. Do not slacken my strength because of mine afflictions. Second Nephi 4, verses 27-29 through 29. Whatever anger Nephi felt, and to whatever degree he felt it, that anger did not lead him to plot fratricide or patricide, as did his brother's anger. Nephi had, rather, ever sought the glory of God and their eternal welfare. Uh, see Second Nephi 1, verse 25. Nevertheless, Nephi's anger had brought him too close to the anger of Joseph's brothers and his own brothers for comfort. It is Nephi's admission of this fact that makes the word play on Joseph in Second Nephi chapters 4 and 5, not least the phrases, do not anger again, and their anger increased against me, the most interesting and significant permutation of the Joseph word play in Nephi's writings. Nephi recognized that his brother's anger would determine their eternal destiny, See Lehi's fearing exceedingly for them in 1 Nephi 8, 4 through 36, and Nephi's own fear in 1 Nephi 17, 47, I fear lest ye shall be cast off forever. Nephi wanted no part of that. It will be remembered that in his words to his sons, Lehi deployed the awake language of Isaiah 51, 9 and 17, and Isaiah 52, 1. Nephi likens this awake language to himself and his soul. 
Nephi's use of terms translated no longer, no more, do not again, are probably drawn ultimately from the no more of Isaiah 51.22. Thou shalt no more drink it again. Lo tosipi od. And, in Isaiah 52.1, there shall no more, or lo yosip od, come into thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. These statements are also meant to recall Lehi's statements, Rebel no more, and he shall suffer again. All these texts echo the name of Joseph, with whom Nephi so thoroughly identifies himself. Following his psalm, Nephi resumes the story of his brother's anger and its consequences. Behold, it came to pass that I, Nephi, did cry much unto the Lord my God because of the anger of my brethren. But behold, their anger did increase or in Hebrew, Yasap, against me, insomuch that they did seek to take away my life. Yea, they did murmur against me, saying, Our younger brother thinks to rule over us, and we have had much trial because of him. Wherefore now let us slay him, that we may not be afflicted more because of his words. For behold, we will not that he shall be our ruler, for it belongs unto us who are the elder brethren to rule over this people. Now I do not write upon these plates all the words which they murmured against me, but at sufficeth me to say that they did seek away, seek to take away my life. Second Nephi 5, 1-4 The word play on Joseph in this passage is twofold. Their anger did increase, represents and alludes to the use of the Hebrew verb yasap in Genesis 37, 5 and 8, as noted previously. In other words, the increase of fraternal anger that represents Nephi's brother's attitude towards him matches the increase in hatred they hated him yet the more, that represents Joseph's brothers towards him. Concomitant with the increase of their anger is another play on the name Joseph, as presented in the text, and one of the saddest statements that occur in Nephi's writings, if not in the entire Book of Mormon. Now let us slay him that we may not be afflicted more because of his words. Nephi's brothers, like Joseph's brothers, wanted to kill him because of his words. Laman and Lemuel et al., would never again have Nephi's words in mortality, and for many years neither would their posterity. The rule that Nephi's spiritual leadership offered would have helped Laman and Lemuel's posterity avoid the pitfalls that Laman's rule caused the descendants of those family members who followed him. Nephi here concludes that the words of the Lord had been fulfilled unto my brethren, which he spake concerning them in Second Nephi or, excuse me, in 1 Nephi 2.22, and reiterated by the angel in 1 Nephi 3.29, that I should be their ruler and their teacher. Wherefore I had been their ruler and their teacher according to the commandments of the Lord until the time they sought to take away my life. 2 Nephi 5.19 For his part, Laman's rule among his siblings and their families, to this point, constituted abuse and unrighteous dominion. Nephi and those who followed him were compelled to flee that situation. The remainder of the family were cut off from the presence of the Lord, as the Lord first foretold to Nephi and separately to his father Lehi. See Alma 50 verse 20, 1 Nephi 2 21, 2 Nephi 1 20, and 2 Nephi 4 4, as well as 2 Nephi 5 20. Ye shall see my face no more. Implications of the final familial breach in 2 Nephi 5. Nephi's brother's stated wish was to not be afflicted more because of his words. From 2 Nephi 5 verse 3. This language recalls, in a rather ironic way, a later scene in Genesis 44 between Joseph and his brothers. Joseph, as ruler in Egypt, as yet unknown to the very brothers who had sold him as a slave into Egypt, said to them as recalled by Judah, And thou saidst unto thy servants, Except your youngest brother come down with you, ye shall see my face no more. Lo tosipun. Genesis 44.23 The ending of the story for Joseph and his brothers is ultimately a happy one. As for Nephi and his brothers, they never added to see Joseph's face. They would see his face no more. Moreover, they were cut off from the Lord's face or presence. The divinely mandated departure of Nephi and those who would follow him marked a permanent breach in the family. And I, Nephi, did take the sword of Laban, and after the manner of it did make many swords, lest by any means the people who are now called the Lamanites should come down upon us and destroy us. 
for I knew their hatred towards me and my children and those who were called my people. 2 Nephi 5.14 Nephi's brother's anger had now increased to full-blown hate, a full-blown generational hatred with long-lasting consequences. That this breach pained Nephi for the rest of his life is evident in one of the last statements he makes at the end of his record, evidently near the end of his life. And it, Nephi's record or words, speaketh harshly against sin, according to the plainness of the truth. Wherefore, no man will be angry at the words which I have written, save he shall be of the spirit of the devil. Second Nephi 33, 5. Nephi knew by hard, painful, personal experience about what kind of person would anger at his words, and why just as his ancestor Joseph had learned in Genesis 37.8. Nephi had faced the enemy of his soul, making himself manifest in his brother's anger time and time again, yet Nephi still had great faith in Christ that he would meet many souls spotless at his judgment seat, including the souls of his brother's descendants. See 2 Nephi 33.7. Conclusion Nephi's autobiographical adaptation of the wordplay in Genesis 37, 5-8 constitutes a sophisticated use of Scripture in texts that themselves have become Scripture. This shrewd adaptation of biblical wordplay is not likely to be the work of a 19th century agrarian youth of limited literary attainments, but of an ancient Israelite familiar with an ancient version of Joseph's biography and the wordplay on Joseph's name in Genesis 37, 5, 8, and elsewhere. Nephi includes seven scenes, a number that denotes fullness or completion describing his brother's increasing anger, which in every case includes a permutation of the phrase, they hated him yet the more, why Yosipu owed, or otherwise includes language that represents the Yasap Yosip plus verbal component idiom, recalling the name and life of Joseph. This Joseph wordplay revolves around the anger of Nephi's brothers and their attitude towards him, thus recalling Joseph's brother's hatred of Joseph and its consequences. Although the ending of the story of Joseph and his brothers was a happy one, and the story of Nephi and his brothers was not, Nephi, Jacob, Enos, and others continued to pray for the reconciliation between the Nephites and the Lamanites. The stories of Joseph and his brothers and the story of Jacob and Esau gave them that hope that there could be such a reconciliation. Matthew L. Bowen was raised in Orem, Utah, and graduated from Brigham Young University. He holds a Ph.D. in Biblical Studies from the Catholic University of America in Washington, D.C., and is currently an assistant professor in religious education at Brigham Young University, Hawaii. He and his wife, the former Suzanne Blattberg, are the parents of three children, Zachariah, Nathan, and Adele. This has been a recording of Their Anger Did Increase Against Me. Nephi's Autobiographical Permutation of a Biblical Wordplay on the Name Joseph by Matthew L. Bowen Originally published in Interpreter, a Journal of Mormon Scripture, Volume 23, 2016, pages 1 through 22 Read by Parker Jackson A printed version of this and many other articles and resources on Mormon Scripture can be found at mormoninterpreter.com